Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Hallelujah. Jesus, we thank you for the greatness of the price that you paid. And we honor that price by receiving of it. By living healed, walking healed, talking healed. We're so, so grateful. Thank you for that blood. Thank you for the blood. We worship you. We glorify you. We glorify you. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. I tell you, for us, for me, these have been, it's a highlight of my year, a highlight of my life to get to be here and do these meetings. It's been such an honor for us, our ministry, and just uh, all of you participating. Thank you so much. But Pastor Michael and Pastor Nancy, words cannot express how grateful we are. These people are so precious to my life. They have, they have gone over and above all the time, not just this week. And give them a great big God bless you tonight. Thank you so much. I love y'all. They have treated us royally. And uh, to your staff, and to your ministry of helps, just phenomenal. To the congregation here at Family Church, thank you so much because the part you play allows us to bring our part. And I just say thank you. And uh, to the ministers that have come, thank you so, so much. To have you in this place, I don't take it lightly. And to not leave me up here on my own, thank you. And um, to um, Brother Joel and Pastor Amy Siegel, haven't you been blessed this week? Give them a great big God bless you. Thank you so much. To my own staff, thank you, staff. To my own, yeah. To our own World Harvest Church members and Bible school students and ones that came, thank you so much. And all the family churches that participated, thank you so much for being a part of this. Pastor Michael, thank you. And thank you for uh, our, our moments of entertainment in the back room, a video played. You know which one I'm speaking of. It was... It was uh, right up there. And I'm glad it, I wasn't here. I'm glad it went to a more uh, qualified man. But I have so, so enjoyed myself and um, in here fulfilled. And that's always precious to have that be able to say we 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 were able to touch into the things that god had for our services so thank you hallelujah jesus we thank you 
all these precious people, thank you for our company. We don't treat it as a light thing. There is no substitute for the place you set us. There is no substitute for us being together as family. Father, so grateful to call you Father. Words, words are hard to fully express, but we try anyway. Jesus, thank you. Precious Holy Spirit, thank you. We're so, so grateful. And we're expectant for tonight. And as we finish up these meetings at the end of the service tonight, we thank you that lasting impartations and lasting revelations and lasting truths, they live with us beyond the walls of this place. And we thank you for that. Thank you for the change that only can come through your word. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. And everybody said? Amen. You can be seated. We, uh, I, I've been ministering on the subject of authority in Christ for the last several weeks of being on the road. And it's so interesting to me because every service, it's something more and something different and a new aspect of it. So... Uh, I'm so grateful to come and hear more. Dr. Summerall said, when you need light on something, preach on it. Because the utterances, revelation comes through the utterances. And the more opportunity you have to give utterance to things, the more revelation fills those utterances. So I'm thankful for that. Our golden text, so to speak, for these meetings, and we'll look at it again. And starting tonight is Psalms chapter 8 and verse 4. Psalm chapter 8. In verse 4, and it reads, What is man, that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man, that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and that is really the word Elohim there. So it's not the word for angels, but rather for God. So God made us a little lower than himself. We're in his class of being because we're spirit beings. And he has crowned man with glory and honor. And God made man to have dominion. And this has been the phrase that's been ringing in me. God made man to have dominion. So we know our assignment. Uh, we know our assignment coming into the earth. Have dominion. Thou hast made him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. And we know that Adam lost it, but Jesus restored it. And it's a shared authority that we walk in. And uh, we're so grateful that we can not be dominated in this life, but dominate through that divine dominion that has been made ours. And it's our inheritance. And it's our privilege to become skillful with that dominion that's been made ours. It's not only our privilege, it's our responsibility to become skillful with it. And uh, reading just a bit of what Dad Hagen said, and I read it the other night. Dad Hagen said, before Jesus comes again, there's going to be a whole company of believers who will rise up with the authority that is theirs. They will know what is theirs. And they will do the work that God intended they should do. Well, I, I decide, well, why don't we be part of that company? It's choice. 
It's not something, it's not something God just uh, picks. It's something he offers. And so we take him up on his offer. Turn with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 18 and verse 18. Matthew 18, verse 18. And uh, something that has been, we've been discussing it in the back room, something that God said to me and I referred to in the uh, Tuesday night service was, God said to me that just as faith is one topic, but it has many avenues through which it's expressed. There's faith for healing, there's faith for prosperity, faith for giving, faith for receiving. There's faith for your office, faith for the, for the, the plan of God on your life. And so faith is one general topic, but it has many subtopics and arenas that it's expressed through. And so it's, we need to know more than just the general. We need to know all the different uh, expressions of faith. Well, and God said to me, dominion is the same thing. It's one big topic with many uh, av- avenues, arenas of expression through that. And uh, I, he said to me, and I'd never heard the phrase, he said the dominion of the renewed mind is one. And we talked about that the other night. The dominion, what about this? The dominion of miracles. When miracle power shows up, everything else that isn't of that flow is dominated. Amen. What about uh, the dominion of healing power? Amen. And uh, many, many different avenues that dominion is expressed through. But we see here in Matthew chapter 18, verse 18, verily Jesus was speaking and he says, Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind. So we're authorized to bind. Yeah, we are. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, or we could say it this way, heaven will back that up. Right. What you bind, heaven will back you up in that action of authority. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth, heaven will back you up. Yeah. It'll be loosed in heaven. So we see this, that this is initiated on earth. Earth is mentioned before heaven is mentioned. And religion always mentions heaven before earth. But authority mentions earth first. And so something has to happen on earth for something to happen in heaven. In this flow of authority and dominion that he's handing us. So what we permit, heaven permits. What we forbid, heaven forbids. What we allow, heaven allows. So heaven takes its cues from us in the exercise of our authority. Amen. Now, concerning your own life, you can bind and loose anytime you need to. Concerning your own life. But when it comes to someone else's life and you bringing your skill to be a blessing to them, you're going to need... The, the, uh, the enlightenment of the spirit. You can't just do it randomly. You have to have the leading of the spirit when it's outside your own realm. But w- within your own realm, if something tries to get out of place, you can put it back. You don't have to wait for the Holy Ghost to tell you to put it back. You're authorized to put it back with your dominion, with your authority, because you can bind and you can loose. Amen. 
But when I see in the, the, the direction that was in my heart for tonight was this, that um, when I see this word bind, whatsoever you shall bind, you bind someone up, they're restricted. They don't leave. They're restricted. They can't make the movement they intended. They are restrained. That plan may still be in their mind, but they can't fulfill it when they're bound. <laughs> How many of you know nothing of God needs to be bound, but something of in the enemy and something of circumstances, of opposing circumstances, need to be bound. And though you may realize that there's opposition, it can't move. It can't work its plan once you bind it because it's restricted in its movement. There's a restraining power with authority and dominion. Amen. Amen. And we have to, we need to realize that that is a very important feature of the flow of dominion. Um, We see the restraining power at different times. I want you to turn with me to Exodus in verse 14. Exodus, excuse me, chapter 14 rather. The restraining power of God which is an exercise of authority, right? Exodus chapter 14 and verse 19. And it says, Exodus 14 verse 19, And the angel of the Lord, now this is when God, setting it up, this is when God, after he delivered his people out of Egypt, And they arrive at the Red Sea. And there's an enemy army coming to bring them back. How many of you know the devil always comes back with that counterattack trying to uh, bring you back into what you used to be your flow? It says, and the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these, to God's people. So that the one came not near the other all night. What's that? Restraint. They were present, but restrained. Verse 21, and Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all night and made the the sea dried land and the waters were divided. So we see this, that Moses, God initiated something here by putting a difference between the enemy and them. There was a restraining force, but Moses still had to exercise his authority. So he exercised his authority and dominion. In verse 22, And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning watch, the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire. 
and of the cloud, look at this, and troubled the host of the Egyptians. What is that? Restraining. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's restraining them. Why? Because they intend to come after God's people and God puts a restraint on them. How did he restrain them? Verse 25, and took off their chariot wheels. Interesting, right? And they came undone and took off their chariot wheels and they drove or drove them heavily. (laughs) They're just on a box. (laughs) And horses are trying to drag a hard surface through mud. Muddy for them. (laughs) So the Egyptians said, now see, it, it ought to be a sign you need to probably stop. Yeah. Your wheels are gone. <laughs> when they normally stay on, they did not stay on. And the Egyptians said, let us flee. Let us change our minds from the face of Israel. For the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. How did he fight for them? He restrained, but he did not do all for them. He did not exercise Moses' authority for him. In verse 26, and the Lord said unto Moses, stretch out thine hand over the sea that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared and the Egyptians fled against it. And the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea and the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. You would think, why did God even permit them to pursue once they're out of Egypt? Because God wanted their enemies to never come back on them for a later date. Amen. Then turn with me to Numbers 21 because I'm wanting, what I'm wanting you to see is the restraining power of God. Numbers 21 verse 6. Excuse me, verse 4. Numbers 21 and verse 4. And this was as God, God's people were journey, journeying out of Egypt. And this what, is what happened in the way. And they journeyed from the mount by the way of the Red Sea to encompass, to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. You have to remember, they, they forgot something. This is the way God put them on. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get discouraged about the path he sends you on. Yeah. Yeah. If he sends it, you need to rejoice in that path, not complain about the path. And the people spake against God and against Moses. When you're discouraged, guard your mouth. Guard your mouth. They were discouraged and discouragement set them in the way of wrong words. And the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no bread, neither is there any water. And our soul loatheth this light bread. What is it? The manna from heaven. God performed something for them that no other man had partaken of. And they said, we hate it. 
Wow. <laughs> Verse 6, And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Now, you have to understand the word is not sent because it's really in the permissive sense. God permitted. So God did not all of a sudden throw a bunch of serpents down on them. The serpents had been there all along, but the restraining power of God had held them back and they had no idea what they were being protected from because they were not wilderness people. They had only ever lived in Egypt. They were slaves. They did not vacation and go outside that realm. They were not acquainted with this terrain. They had no idea that everywhere they went, the restraining ability and force of God kept back anything that would harm, anything that would injure. And when they started complaining and saying wrong things, then what happens? The pleasure of God is compromised. He's not pleased with them. And when his pleasure isn't there, uh, well, they got what they wanted. <laughs> and they ended up with... Uh, Horrific, a horrific death count that day. Why? Because they did not understand the restraining power of God working in their behalf. We will never fully realize on this side of earth all that God has restrained from our lives. Don't, don't, don't find a place to complain. I don't care what's going on in your life. God was holding back so much from them and they did not even honor what they saw. Therefore, they got to partake of what they didn't see. We have the authority because we have a shared authority to hold back and restrain things. And Jesus said, whatsoever you bind. That's restraining things because a binding is a restraining of some things. Think of it. There's some things that are restrained from us, the law of sin and death. It's all around the world. It's, in, it's the flow of this world, but it's restrained from us. Yes. Amen. That's not our flow. Not our flow. That flow cannot, if, as long as we stay where God put us, <laughs> keep our words right. Things cannot touch us. They come, but they can't permeate, penetrate. Then what about this in Psalm 23? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Here on earth, it's a flow of death all around, all around. It's not our flow. All of that is restrained. As we walk in our authority in Christ, all of that is held back from our lives. Then what about this? Thou preparest a table before me. What? In the presence of mine enemies. Our enemies are present everywhere, but not within. They're under our dominion. We're not under their dominion. They have no more dominion over us. I don't care how present they are. And I don't care how loud they are. I don't care how, how threatening their sounds are. They're restrained. Amen. That's why you want to keep living close to God. They're not removed. 
they're restrained. Praise the Lord. And then in James 4, and I'll just quote it to you, James 4, verse 7, Submit yourselves, therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. So for our authority to work, we must be in obedience to God, submitted to God, submitted to his word. But also, what is he telling and dealing with you about? Submit to that. Don't push that off. What is he dealing with you about? In every season of your life, he's dealing with you about something. And for our authority to continue to work, we have to receive that. Those dealings. We can't ignore them and act like they're not important. Because they matter. Why? So that the, the restraining authority that is ours continues to be effective. Amen. We must walk in obedience to God and his plan for our lives, for our authority to work right. We can't just go anywhere we want, marry anybody we want, move to any location we want, buy any old house we want, take any old job we want, and think our authority is going to work right. We have to obey the one who authorized us. (laughs) Amen. The plan of God is our safe place to where things are perfectly restrained. That although they're out there, they cannot penetrate. They cannot take us over. Amen. God said to me years ago, make my people to know that long life is connected to my plan. If we veer from his plan... No amount of broccoli, cauliflower, walking 30 minutes a day, weightlifting will extend life. Long life is connected to his plan first and foremost. I don't diminish how we treat the body, but that's not, the, that's not what's taking the lead in our long life. The plan of God is taking the lead in our long life. And if we veer from the plan, we veer from long life no matter how physically fit we are so if things are it seems like they're not being held back as they ought check where you're standing because his plan is the safe place Jesus was opposed on every side every day but he was the original untouchable couldn't get him Couldn't get him. All the threats were there daily. All the vehement words and everything. But it couldn't touch him. He heard it. He saw it. Right there in the presence of of his enemies. But in the plan of God, he was restrained. There is an authority that comes with the plan. And when you're in the plan, it's hands off. Amen. Amen. God spoke to me. Um, just maybe uh, just a few months after my husband's home going. And he said something to me that mm, the wording was sobering. But he said, I held back death from you. Now, I, the last several years of 
the last several years my husband was here, I traveled with him, I would say 90% of the time. Um, several years before he went home to be with the Lord, for five months I sensed death. And I told Ed about that. I said, it just seems like I sense death. And um, I, you know, I prayed for people at different times uh, that God would have me pray for that were near death. So I understand a little bit of that. But this I could not get lifted. For five months, it was something that I just couldn't get lifted. And at the end of five months, I spoke out words. And the words were uh, the angels escorting them to heaven and the spirit of grief will not come near the family. Well, I didn't know I was talking about us. And so someone would have been, there was just my husband and the pilot in the plane that day. That was not the norm. And one of the things I was able to do, because everything was not under my total authority, but every, something that I was able to, I believe, was to keep others off the plane. And God said to me, and I mean, he, Ed tried to get me to go on that trip. And I said, honey, I can't. I have been gone so much. And I, I, there was just no desire. And God dealt with me several months before because I was the type, if my husband wanted me to do something, I'd just, all right. Because I, as, as, a, as a helpmate, it, it, your, your role is that of agreement, not of kicking against the whole time. And so if he would, if he would ask me, I would say, you know, that I'll go with you. But God began dealing with me several months and says, do not override your spirit. Do not override your spirit. And in here, I didn't want to go. He didn't say there was no caution. There was no alarm. I just had a sense. I don't want to go. And then he asked Grant to go and Grant had the same thing. And thankfully, there was Pastor Noel used to fly with him much and different ones, Pastor Jay, different ones. And really, you could get on that airplane and you could sense it the last several years, the spirit of death there looking for an opportunity. And, uh, you know, these are learning places. That's why I say this, not to frighten it, but there's things you learn. And God said to me a few months after he died, he said, I held back death from you. Now listen to this. You say, well, was I in line for death? No, that's our restraining power of God that is holding back every agenda of the enemy as long as we'll obey him and walk in the light of the word. And he said this, I held back death from you. Obey me so I can continue to hold back death. You go, well, what are you doing wrong that he's got to hold back death? No. Remember what, remember what uh, Jesus said in John 10, 10, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God's holding it back for all of us. And in our obedience is where he's able to keep holding back. And so that's why I was, this is the thing that God was impressing upon me for tonight, the restraining power of authority that we have a right. Whenever those five months that I sensed death and this was a couple, several years before he died. I, I labored in prayer. I, see, God involved my authority. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
He did not just bypass my authority to restrain and hold back death from more people in that situation. He involved my authority. That's why for five months I prayed and prayed and prayed, spent hours a day praying. Um, so our obedience is required so God can keep restraining the enemy in our lives. This is not so you can be afraid. This is so you can be impressed with the greatness of God and how much he loves us and how much he is committed to our success and to backing up our authority that whatever we bind, heaven will get involved. Whatever we lose, heaven will get involved. Amen. I, um, several months ago, I had a quick mini vision. And in this mini vision was a demon, probably around a man's size. He was not overly, unusually large, but about a man's size. And I, it's hard to express the rage on his face. I mean, his eyes were bulging, and I mean, the, the, the teeth were bared, and he was just in a violent rage in this direction toward me. But on either side was an angel, had him right here on either side, and all he could do was be toward me. He couldn't get near me. And there was an angel on either side holding him back. And I knew God's restraining power. Yes. We have no idea yes. what, has, what assignments yes. have been launched. And that's why Jesus needs us to use our authority because in restraining, he's going to involve our authority. Yes. Our authority exercise gives, gives heaven permission to get involved. And I'm so glad he doesn't reveal everything. That he, we just feel impressed to say, you, Satan, you take your hands off that. Or you take your hands off that. And we don't even know, maybe know the whole scope because he doesn't need us to know the whole scope. He just needs us using our authority. Yes, and so I got to thinking... What, what is it that was done? Was there some particular action that caused those angels to come and deal with that? And God impressed upon me just the other day that in, I think it was 2016. Now, my husband went home to be with the Lord in 2013. Brother Copeland came to our church for the first time in these last years in 2014, and he's come every year since. In January but in 2016 he was in the back green room our hospitality room and I don't know if it was after a service or before a service and he went one by one to each family member and he laid hands on us and he said different things to different ones and I was reminded the other day when he got to me he said no you don't Satan no you don't and God said that's when those angels were dispatched to deal with that an anointing greater than your own protected you because it went into operation. He used his authority on your behalf. That's why it matters 
who you're hooked up to. Yes, yes, yes. Because it's not just your authority that God made available to your life. It's the authority of the ones he set you with. And Paul prayed that others would use their authority in prayer all the time on his behalf. He was utilizing not just their prayers, but their authority in prayer. Amen. That's why it matters that you go to the church where God tells you to go because not every preacher will have the same authority if they don't have this, if they're not assigned to your life. They won't have the same authority over your life if they're not assigned to your life. God sets us in the body as it pleases him. And if we are not pleased to be where he set us, this is what happened with the Israelites. They weren't pleased to be in the way he sent them on. And that which was being restrained from them could not keep being restrained. So it does matter that we know where God put us and we fight to stay there because we need, instead of fighting to get out of it, fight to stay there. What do you mean fight? Fight circumstances that try to push you out. Fight opinions and fight feelings of your, your hurt feelings or, well, you know, I don't like what they did with my family. My first obligation is to the plan of God. My first obligation is not to get a higher income. I will not pick up and leave the church God put me in so I can move to a different location that offers me a higher income. Fight for the plan. Fight for the plan. Why? Because someone has an authority that you're going to need for things to be restrained that your, your level of anointing would have done deal with, but their level will. You have to have a voice into your life. And that voice is a voice of protection. That voice is a voice of restraint. It'll restrain things when that, when that is needed. I had no idea what Brother Copeland saw. And you know something? He didn't tell me and I didn't ask. If I needed to know, he would have told me. God would have told him to tell me. And I don't, I don't ask. You want to know why? I'm not getting the mental arena and go there. I trust my father. And, and it's a bad habit to ask too many mental questions. I never asked. Right connections will carry restraint with them. They carry authority with them. Those that God hooks us up with, he hooks us up with a greater anointing, not a lesser anointing in the sense of someone speaking into your life. Why? Because your life is going to need something greater than your own level of, of, of anointing, the, your own light of authority. So there's a, greater, a, there's a greater degree of anointing available to us through who God hooks us up with. So pay attention to who God uses to rescue you. Pay attention. 
Who is that person? Who is that person? When my husband, the day my husband went home to be with the Lord, I got many, many phone calls. So precious. People supporting. People letting us know it mattered to them. And that we matter to them. And uh, they all said, we're standing with you. We're believing with you, you know. Praise God. That's what your company's for. But then Brother Copeland called. And he started binding. And I mean when he bound, the phone rattled. I mean, and you rattled holding the phone. Because his level of revelation, his degree of anointing came into play into that situation. And he began to prophesy to me on that phone. So it wasn't real hard after I'd talked to everyone (laughs) who had words that rescued. Thank God for words of encouragement and comfort. You need those. I don't diminish that, but there was a rescue connected to his words. And so I said, God, because I, I mean, I've been under a flow of being connected to someone my whole, whole time as a Christian. And so now that my husband is gone, where's that person? Who is that person? I didn't have to go very far because I went, who, who did God use to rescue me? Who did he use to still speak about my future? Only one. Only one. Why? Easy to locate the one. Not that the other words didn't matter, but this man's words went further. So somebody who might not like certain ministers, that means nothing to me. Because I know the voice that God used to show, to show the future of the plan. Now my job is to not let something else compromise that the role of that voice in my life because what if I would have decided you know I don't know I'm not sure in 2016 about a year and a half later what would have happened when that demon had a plan but I had someone with a greater anointing that had a welcome road in, and welcome voice into my life and it wasn't just my authority it was a higher authority yes, yes, yes. Amen. Amen. came into play. Amen. Praise the Lord. God doesn't just use random people in your life. Pay attention to who he uses. I've had different dreams. I've had different mini visions at times, and I've seen different people. I've had dreams of Amy Simple McPherson. I've had them of Catherine Kuhlman. I've had them of, uh, God spoken to me about Smith Wigglesworth, about George Mueller, about Dad Hagen, about Dr. Summerall. So you know who I feed on? on. Guess who? I don't have to go to the bookstore and randomly say, what? I, I use who God, I feed on who God uses. If God points them out in a particular spectacular way, Get the clue. Right. Yeah. 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 Amen. Amen. 
If you go to a church and, my goodness, it's inconvenient, the drive is too long, but every time I get in that church, God talks to me. Get the clue. Well, God didn't tell me to go to that church. Where does God talk to you? Get the clue. When you, because I, I've seen pe- preachers on TV or online, precious ministers, yeah. wonderful revelation, but yeah. God doesn't particularly say something to me yes. when they're yeah. preaching. Right. The Amen. word blesses you. Yeah. Absolutely. But I'm talking about nothing stands up yes. on the inside of me, yeah. Yeah. except with those that I'm divinely connected with. Things stand up. It pops like popcorn. Wow. Pay attention yeah. to that. Why? Because not only do they have an anointing for your life, they have an authority for your life that will be a blessing. They might not even recognize it. It doesn't matter. Praise the Lord. You're going to need the grace on someone else's life. God said to me, he said, Brother Copeland walks in graces that you're going to need if you're going to fulfill what you're born for. If you're going to finish your race, you're going to need to partake of those graces. I'm not up here saying, you need to follow Brother Copeland, you need to follow Brother Copeland. I'm saying you need to know who who God's connected you with. I'm not endorsing a man, I'm endorsing a connection. Yes, yes. A divine assignment. And it's my job to be connected. It was not Elijah's job to get Elisha to stay close. You know, when my kids were little, we'd go in the grocery store. I'd say this to them. It's not my job to hunt you down. It's your job to stay with me. And if you get lost and start crying, that's your fault. You know how kids, I couldn't see you. That's your fault. I didn't leave. It's the same thing. It's not the man of God's job to pursue us. It's our job to stay close to the man of God. Well, they, don't, they didn't call me when I got sick. It's not their job to, to keep you close. It's your job to stay close. Praise the Lord. When... Uh, when that pastor and I was telling about this earlier, when Dr. Sumrall, we went with Dr. Sumrall to Israel, and the pastor's wife was screaming from the pain in her head, sitting on the side of the bed holding her head, and they always had to call a doctor to just knock her out for several days to endure the pain. She just couldn't, she couldn't get through it any other way. And they called Dr. Sumrall, and they opened the door, and just when they opened the door, the pain stopped. Why? Because authority showed up. Dominion showed up and rescued that situation they knew who to call they knew that there's somebody who had more than them and there's always somebody who has more than you we need the help of higher ranking anointings to address what's coming against us sometimes more than once I saw people's lives rescued through my husband's ministry so many times I saw that But I also saw the great tragedy that happened in the lives of those who were to be connected and they were loosely connected. They they seldom came. They they say, oh, we love you, but they never showed up. 
They recognized there was an anointing. They recognized that there was a drawing from their inside that was toward that anointing and mantle on his life, but they didn't put themselves in proximity to receive of it. It's not my job to save money. It's my job to pay whatever I have to pay to get to where my man of God is. And I'm talking about, you can't, I understand, I can't be everywhere Brother Copeland is, but I've spent a lot of money getting to where he is. And three times a year, three times a year, I'm under where he's at. Three times a year. Amen. And it's my job not to say, well, you know, we just came out of Christmas and so, you know, it's a little tight. Nothing makes you tight like missing where you're supposed to be. So many ministers are trying to save money when they should have been where they're connected to. It's not my job to save money. I am not called to save money. I'm called to fulfill the plan. And I will spend whatever, even an unreasonable amount, to fulfill the plan. Well, you pay double for, I mean, do you know for us to do things, I don't know if you know it, but rental cars now they're charging triple because there's so few cars available. They're selling the rental cars. So there's so few cars. So the few that are, they're charging triple. Doesn't matter to me. Pay it. Doesn't matter to me. It's not my job to save money. It's my job to fulfill the plan. I'll pay whatever I have to pay. I'll pay unreasonable. I'll pay high interest. I don't care. You're wasteful. No. I honor the plan. I fight for the plan. I don't fight for money. I fight for the plan. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The dominion of a higher anointing will bless you and some of that blessing is restraining something from your life that the devil had planned against your life. A pastor has the anointing upon his office to keep sheep from fainting, to keep sheep from, uh, to keep them on course, to keep their, to keep them from being scattered. Jesus said that the, that the sheep, they, they came and they were healed and he and he recognized they were they were as a sheep with no shepherd. They were fainting and they were yeah. scattered. Yeah. Fainting people don't reach the end. No. No, they don't. No, they don't. Scattered people don't even know the path to be on. Their marriage is scattered. A divorce court is a scattering place. Their finances are scattered. Their health is scattered. Their thoughts are scattered. The anointing on the pastor is going to keep the have a restraining ability to keep all these things the flows of the world out of your life what an honor and you say you're preaching to the choir well let me keep preaching (laughs) help you sing louder God said to me I remember in pastoring the Spirit of God would say, maybe like every six months, he'd say to me, he'd say, call up the ushers and just lay your hand on them and bless them. He'd tell me that. And then about six months later, he'd say, call out the children's workers, lay hands on them and bless them. He'd done that about two or three times to me. And then one day he said, you're missing the point. 
He said, you don't have to wait for me to tell you, to call them out and bless them. In other words, he's having to tell me because I'm missing it. He said, just as a parent in their parental authority, anytime they want can lay their hand on their children and bless their child. Anytime they want, they don't have to feel an unction. They don't have to be in church. They don't just have to come from church. Anytime they want, they can lay their hand on them and say, I bless you. And I say, you'll fulfill the plan of God for your life. Anytime they want. He said, a pastor's a parent. He's the parent of that congregation. And you are authorized to lay your hands on them and bless them anytime. You don't have to wait for my spirit to tell you to do that. It's part of your authority as a pastor. So there's flows in that pastoral office where God sets you that will help and guard and protect your life. There was a minister, and, and he, he's, a, he's a fun guy. Um, Ed and I knew him years and years ago. And he would harass all the preacher's kids. When he'd come, he was a traveling minister. So when he'd come in, he'd harass the preacher's kids, you know, toughen them up a little bit. And there was this little boy that was about nine years old or so when this minister started coming. And every time he'd see him, he'd grab him by the head. And he'd say, be blessed. And he'd walk him all around the room. You know, just grab his head and just ring, him, ring his neck almost. Just ra- knocking him all around the room and then he'd throw him down in a chair. And every time he saw him, he'd do that to him. Just harassing him, you know, letting him know, you know, I, I see you. And it's good to pick on somebody else's kids because his were grown and, you know, that type of thing. Well, one day this little boy, when he got to be about 12, got hit by a car. And he was in a coma and he was given up to die. And they, the doctor said There's no, they, he'll never come out of the coma. And uh, the parents were in the room and this boy, his eyes flung open and he sat straight up in bed and said, the prophet of God laid his hands on me and blessed me. All those blessings, the spirit used it. He thought he was having fun, but the spirit now had authority to move in on that. And came back every, and no brain damage, no nothing completely. Why? Because the pastor recognized there's somebody in my life and this man was this pastor's pastor. The pastor had no way of knowing that when that traveling minister would come in and do that, that he was setting and rescuing the boy's future. Praise the Lord. This one minister got a phone call one day that his granddaughter had just drowned. She was, I believe, around nine years old, something like that. And his son-in-law, they came and, I mean, the, the, the uh, 911 emergency team was there. They, they said, she's dead. They worked on her for a while. She's dead. And the, uh, the, the dad, the son-in-law of this minister, stood there and said, death, you take your hands off of her. I'm a tither. And she goes, spits out water and just rode in the ambulance sitting up because they called it in. They had to take a body. It was a living body. But. The dominion of the tither. The dominion 
of the tither. In your church, one of your uh, worship team people, I don't know if they're still on the worship team, she had several, a couple of small children, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, and she got pregnant again and had a miscarriage. They take her to the emergency room, and that night the emergency room was busy, and she's bleeding out. And they're not really tending to her because they're tending to others. And she realizes she's losing so much blood, she realizes she's leaving her body. She's at, she feels herself leaving her body. And in desperation, she rolled over and she set, started pleading her case. And she said, Jesus, I can't leave. I've got young babies to raise. I'm not going to leave. I refuse to leave. You know, I receive my healing. And when she rolled over, Jesus was standing there smiling. Just so calm, you know, just <laughs> calm, just smiling. And he said, you're not going to die now. You're a tither. The dominion of the tither. Praise the Lord. How you honor your mother and father plays a role in that it may be well with you and you live long on the earth. You know, there are some differences. Sometimes we have parents that don't understand what God is bringing us into. You don't always have to agree, but you can still honor. Honor does not mean agree. Praise the Lord. A, a, when a parent uses their authority over their children, they restrain so many wrong things from happening to their children. And when you have a parent who is very neglectful with their authority, their children are susceptible to all kinds of problems. It matters that we're using our authority. Not, I'm not talking about just parents. I'm showing you in the parental realm. So how much more so in the spirit realm? Amen. Job, there was a hedge of protection. But because of fear, that hedge was compromised. That which was being restrained had an access in because fear was an open door to the devil. There was a, there was a gate in that hedge of protection. And fear opened it. Then what about this? Jehoshaphat's army praised and the enemy was restrained from touching them. They didn't even get near God's people. The dominion of praise and worship. It puts you in a place that you're dominating. Amen. What about with Miriam? She spoke against Moses and leprosy came on her. Leprosy could not be restrained when she challenged the authority of the one over her. Moses was over her. And she challenged his authority. It's dangerous to challenge a higher authority. But Moses' prayer, again, restrained the leprosy. That higher authority went to work for her. It's a good thing that he, did, he wasn't as offended as his congregation. He had a very offended congregation. But he didn't let that offense in. And he, he used his authority, didn't he? And that... Leprosy was again restrained. Now go with me, and we know this. Um, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Are you getting anything out of this tonight? Good. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, in verse 3. And I'm going to read, this is out of the Amplified. 
2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. Let no one deceive or beguile you in any way, for that day will not come except the apostasy comes first, unless the predicted great falling away of those who profess to be Christians has come. And the man of lawlessness, sin, is revealed, who is the son of doom, of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself so proudly and insolently against and over all that is called God or that is worshipped, even to his actually taking his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming that he himself is God. Do you not recollect that when I was still with you, I told you these things? Look at verse 6 of the Amplified. And now you know what is restraining him from being revealed at this time. It is so that he may be manifested and revealed in his own appointed time. There's an appointed time for things to happen. And Satan is trying to challenge the clock. He's trying to disrupt the calendar of God's plan. He's trying to make things happen prematurely. Why? Because he thinks he can interrupt in his own pride. He thinks he can interrupt his outcome. So there's a time these things are to happen. Notice this, but what is restraining him from being revealed at this time? See, he's wanting to reveal himself at the wrong time. But there's something restraining him. What is it? The church. The authority of the church. Verse 7. You say, well, it's the Holy Ghost. Yes, but the Holy Ghost exercises authority through the church. Verse 7. For the mystery of lawlessness, that hidden principle of rebellion against constituted authority, is already at work in the world, but it is restrained only until he who restrains is taken out of the way. Who is at the church? We are the restraining force of of what Satan wants to abort of God's plan. Just as God restrains things from our lives, the church restrains things on the earth. It's our privilege to be a co-laborer with God in this. Verse 8, and then the lawless one, the Antichrist, will be revealed. And the Lord Jesus will slay him with the breath of his mouth and bring him to an end by his appearing and his coming. So the church is the hinderer of the lawlessness as we exercise our dominion. Amen. Now, real quickly, 1 Timothy chapter 2. I'm I'm almost done here, but these are the things that God wanted me to bring out for us tonight. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Then he gets real specific. Because sometimes we think all men means men of our standing in life. You know, like. But he's saying this, don't leave out kings. (laughs) And all that are in authority. Why? Because they're not outside the scope of your authority. He wouldn't tell us to pray for them if they were beyond the reach of our authority. What happens through those offices? And the thing is, they, are, they have a temporal authority by election. We have an eternal authority by birthright. They're, they're, leaving in, they're, they're going into office and leaving out of office. We stay. We stay. 
Now, see, my mother would make a statement because there were four kids. She would say, my life is too short to live with four kids I can't live with. So in other words, she's telling you, you're not messing up my life. So she's basically saying, don't think you're going to mess up my life because I've got to stay. (laughs) Right? When do we think that political officials can come in and mess up where we're in authority? Their authority comes and goes. We've got, we're, we're here until, until the job is done. I'm talking about the church is here till the job is done. How dare the church let our authority drop and we have to be in a earth that is not of authorities choosing. We just, how do we do that? We just lay down our authority and let things all happen. Dr. Sumrall said the way for, the way for evil to prevail is for good to do nothing. We're authorized. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. We're authorized that with the authority that stems from the throne, yes. that seat, yes. we're dealing with lower seats. Yes. Yes. Natural seats. Yes. Yes. So I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. And he wants you to know these men are not outside this all men. Because, you, you know, the, 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 the natural makes so much of these offices and positions that it seems like it's just so far from you. No, it's, it's fully within the reach of your, the scope of your authority. Exactly right. Amen. Verse 2, for kings and for all that are in authority that we, who's the we? The church. May lead a quiet and peaceable life. In all godliness and honesty. What's that mean? They're not challenging our, our, our spiritual and religious freedoms. Yeah. Come on. Amen. Who said you can do that to us? Yeah. We're the church. Who says that someone who's not the church decides what the church can do? Yeah. We have authority. Yes. Yes, we do. Pray that we the church may lead a quiet and peaceable life. Now, why is this? See, we're praying for the benefit of the church. But there's something connected to this happening for the church. Verse 3, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. He accepts this kind of praying. He accepts you using this authority. What's that mean? He backs it up. When you say, not here, not not here. here. You say, well, Pastor Nancy, don't you know it's the end times? Yeah, it also says that children will be disobedient in the end times, but not mine. Take you out back and teach you some manners. Just because it's to happen everywhere doesn't have to be in our domain. So quit putting up with, well, you know, it's up to us. No, it's up to the church. For this is good. God calls this kind of good exercise of authority in prayer. He calls it good. Good for you. Good. Yeah, you got that one person in office with your authority. Good for you. Because everyone that's there is not appointed by God. 
The role of authority in the earth is set up by God, but not the men who always occupy the seats. I'm talking from mayor. I'm talking to all the way, all the way. And people think it doesn't matter. They just don't, aren't that interested. Listen, I don't believe you ought to get entrenched in political things in the sense of we need to get entrenched in our authority of the word. That's what we need to be entrenched in. And Dad Hagen would warn us, don't get overly involved in politics. Deal with it in the spirit. What was it, Margie, about two months ago? And on Saturday night, I was going to bed, and as I was falling off to sleep, I saw three frogs coming up out of the Pacific Ocean. See, I dealt with them. I didn't just get it. I didn't go out and just, you know, do all this stuff, politically active stuff. You talk about politically active, our dominion will do some things. Absolutely, you ought to do all you can do in the natural, but too many times just people are relying on the natural. And they're thinking, well, you know, it doesn't much apply to me. Well, you found out in this season, a lot applied to you. You had no idea that the health director in your community decided whether or not you left your house. Exactly. Now, now, how does it matter to you? Right? It was a wake-up call to us that just going mindless. Well, I'm just, you know, believing God for this and that. We have to. There's a reason he says, I exhort first of all. First of all, make it important to you. That's what he's saying. By making it first, make it important to you. Decide. This is important to me. Not because I'm actively and politically involved, but because the word gives me authority in that realm. When it says first of all, you know what it's talking about? Consistency. Be consistent in this. Verse 3, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. He backs us up. This kind of authority, this use of authority to bless, not to control, bless God, I want this person or that person. We want to bless the nation. Look at verse 4, who will have all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. This is why it's so important that we, the church, are leading a quiet and peaceable life because yeah. it, 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 it enables us to reach all men easier. Yeah, yeah. 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 exactly. When we have our political freedoms robbed, exactly. we can't reach men the same way. That's why it, this is all about the church yeah. being able to live quiet and peaceably in all godliness and honesty because it enables us the, the right atmosphere to reach yeah. people easier, yeah. to reach the lost. It, it, our, our work is made easier. Yes. Praise the Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. Just about two years after Dad Hagen went home to be with the Lord, God spoke to me and said, Dad Hagen, he said, Brother Hagen's prayer life held things in check in this nation. Yeah. That's what he said. And he said, but now that he is no longer here to hold it in check, that's why things have gotten out of order in the nation in the way they have. And he said, so pick that up. He wasn't just talking to me. He's talking to the church. Pick that up. Quit relying on the main men, the visible men, the men we have confidence in to exercise total authority because we all have our own realm of authority. Amen. Amen. And then we'll close with this. Turn with me. Isaiah chapter 62 and verse 6. And this again I'm going to read out of the Amplified. Isaiah 62 verses 6 and 7. The Amplified. 
I have set watchmen upon your walls, O Jerusalem. Listen to this. Who will never hold their peace. What's that mean? Ah, they are consistent, brother. They show up. Who will never hold their peace day or night. You who are his servants and by your prayers. Put the Lord in remembrance of his promises. Keep not silence. God invites your mouth. Your words of authority. Your words of dominion. Your words of promise in your mouth. Verse 7. And give him no rest. Until he establishes, it says here Jerusalem, but what about until he establishes family church? What about until he establishes his plan in Fredonia? What about in the Smith household? But what about in the United States? On every level, we can give him no rest, talking, say, it must be your plan. We, we hook our faith. We agree. We call for your plan. We will not settle for anything less than your plan. We won't settle for anything less. We won't accept anything less. And give him no, pray, no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes her a praise in the earth. These watchmen are not watching for the enemy. They're watching for the promises to be fulfilled in your household, in your church, in your city, in our nation. Amen. We are to, and this is what God began dealing with me about. Because we started about the restraining force for, uh, for you personally. There is a restraining authority we have for our nation. Let's take it beyond our household. That we are to use our dominion to restrain world events, restrain political events that try to hinder and delay and interrupt what? The end time harvest is what they're after. The devil's trying to go off the clock. I remember when 911, 9-11 happened here. What was it, 2001? And Ed said by the Spirit, he said the devil's trying to start World War III prematurely. It's not time for it. See, the devil tries to go off the clock. Remember what we read in Thessalonians? There's an appointed time. There's an appointed time. And it's not until after the restraining force of the church's authority is out of the earth. That these things, yes, there's going to be. There's going to be uprisings in different telltale signs. But we have authority we have never even recognized. We We have the authority to restrain and bind and hold back the enemy's plan to interrupt God's plan. Amen. We're not, saying, we're not saying that these things won't be played out. They will be played out, but in God's calendar, as he has said, amen, we're authorized. We were made for dominion, made for it, made for it. Hallelujah. Stand with me to your feet. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for what you've made ours. Thank you for the light you're bringing us into. Thank you for it. Father, we take it. We take it. And we don't just take it and say, oh, that was nice to hear. We take it and we exercise that authority. And we thank you 
We thank you that as we exercise our authority in line with your word, heaven gets involved. We thank you for it. Hallelujah. I would encourage you, listen to these things that God has said this week more than once. We've got to meditate on these things because we want to be a part of that company that steps into a, a fullness of the flow that God has for us to operate in. Amen. Father, we thank you. We glorify you. We magnify you. We thank you. Father, we recognize the highest flow of authority is to bless. Not just to correct or rebuke. That is certainly the flow of authority. It's the flow of love. But it's also we have the authority to bless and to bring, to bring into play the answers that people need in their lives. And we thank you for that. Father, there's people here tonight that may have come that need healing in their body. And we thank you that we're authorized with healing power to bring help, agree with them, stand with them, minister to them that which they need. And we count it an honor, Father. It matters to us that they receive their help. It matters to us that they receive what Jesus purchased and paid such a great price for. It matters to us. Jesus, it is your complete joy to minister healing to the bodies of those. And we take what Pastor Amy saw, that there's body parts, living body parts. I love that, Pastor Amy, living body parts. You know, when they do a heart transplant, a lung transplant, a kidney transplant, they keep that thing alive. And they, they only have a, an allotted amount of time. And that thing has to be handled a certain way for it to be appropriate for them to be able to use. Well, even so, there's an appropriate way. And it's the way of faith. It's the way of worship. It's the way of thanksgiving to receive. So I tell you what. This is the time for that which is missing to be put back. Jesus healed the maimed. I said he healed the maimed. And his last act, his last act of healing or miracle was put an ear back on an enemy. A man who came to arrest him. Maimed. He didn't say good enough for you. He put it back. If he would put it back on someone who came as an enemy. How much those who love him and honor him. He desires for it to be put back. And it's not up to him. It's up to us. Hallelujah. What if that, what if that guy there. The Bible gave his name. Does anybody remember his name? Malchus. Malchus. Uh, what if he would have just fallen to the ground in a fit, because that's a pretty traumatic event, and took off running to the doctor and wouldn't even stay around long enough for Jesus to do something about it. Left the scene. We don't want to leave the scene too, too quick. Jesus has something for us. Amen. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you. You're the one who does the work. You're the one 
who does the work. We do the believing and it's so easy to believe someone. Someone who has paid such a great price for us. We believe you. We thank you for healing power. We thank you for miracle power. We, it's your flow. It's our flow. It's the flow we were born for. Every day miracles are coming to us and we take them. And we recognize them. We thank you for it. If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor Nancy, because uh, some of you in previous service might have received what you needed physically. But if you're here tonight and you say, I want hands laid on me for healing, raise your hand. There might I don't know, we might have taken care of most of it, but raise your hand real high so I can see. Okay, praise the Lord. Let's start, if I could, just have this side section to just come out in the aisle here and stand there. And this side section, come out in the aisle and stand there if you would. And then follow the direction of the ushers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can bring them up, ushers, whenever they get in place. Healing belongs to you. New body parts belong to you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask Pastor Michael. I'm going to ask Joel. And I'm going to ask Pastor Jay. And I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Craig. If you would come up here. And just take a place. Ushers just follow. Follow the guys real close. Somebody just. Make sure there's an usher with each minister. closest to you and then follow the direction of the ushers. I receive
receive it now Healing flowing over me I receive it now I receive it Thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Praise the Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Praise the Lord. Now, Pastor, I don't know. I don't. You'd have to get the specifics on this. Let me have just your you and your wife hand your hand. Love, let me have just put your hand on here. I don't know what this means, but you find out the details some uh adjustments yes does that yeah, yes okay yes, ma'am praise yes, ma'am. the lord yes, ma'am. on the other side of the adjustments are all the fullness of the flow yes. thank we you. thank you father yes. yes we thank you father, thank you, father. and we thank you thank father you. graced for those adjustments not not making them just in our natural effort or ability but the grace for yes. those adjustments yes, father yes. we're so thankful for it we're so so thankful and in those adjustments, puts you right in the center of, of his best and of that plan. Thank you. He'll, he, he, he may have already shown you. I don't know. Thank you. Yes, yes. Thank you. But we thank you for it, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I don't care who you are. You never can drive a vehicle without adjusting the whole time you're driving. Our whole lives, our whole lives, full of adjustment. That's why we can't get rutted. Well, this is the way I do it. This is the way I think. This is the way I think it ought to be. This is the way I planned. Right? Every single one of us. Thank God. And we're, 
there's grace to make those adjustments. Have you ever driven with somebody who's not graceful in their adjustments in the car? I would tell when I was riding with certain people, you're holding on to a steering wheel, the rest of us aren't. And we're just being thrown from side to side. They're making adjustments, but not with grace and flow. I mean, it's just like, I don't get car sick, but I am now car sick. Right? And so any, and I say this for any, uh, all of us, it's so good to know whatever adjustments, they're not for us to do alone. We have divine grace and help to, to assist in that. Oh, I'm so glad because this, this era, it's coming into every new flow is new adjustments. Hallelujah. And you know something, if whatever God is dealing with us about, we can't treat those as unimportant because it can sound like it's something little, but you have no idea what it's connected to. You think about it, Joseph's in prison, 12 years, bad place, slave before that. I mean, life just got lower. If you looked at the natural, life got lower. He's a shepherd boy. You know his daddy's not paying him. I don't pay my kids to give birth to them and then turn around and pay them. Feed them, then turn around and pay them. Right? Give them a household, then turn around and pay them. <laughs> no, I had, yeah, you're going to do, you're going to pay off some things here now. So get out there in that field. So he's a, you know, a non-salaried family member of the family business it, and you, 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 he thinks as probably a teenager can't get all over that oh yeah just wait a minute yeah. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're becoming a slave oh can't get lower that oh yeah wait a minute now you become a prisoner with no rights and uh, you talk about a life of adjustments you know God was dealing with him all along about different things. Why? Because God knew where he was preparing him for. And look at that. He prepared him in a, in a less than ordinary place for a great thing. You don't have to be in a great place to be trained for great things. You just have to do the right thing every day. Every day. God trains us for great things on the ordinary on the daily, ordinary things I've had. How, what did you think about that clerk by the time you were done at their counter? What did you do in the car when that person cut you off? What did you say? All of these daily things are showing us where we're ready to be advanced to or where we're going to stay for a while. Amen. Hallelujah. It matters what we do every day. It doesn't matter in great, it's not the great moments because the great moments are far and few, but the ordinary ones are present all the time. And we can show God skill at those moments. Skill at those moments. Because in a very less than ordinary place, lower than ordinary, Joseph was prepared 
to be second in command of a, of a nation. It's amazing how God works. So many times people are trying to get money and God's just trying to build a man. They're just trying to, they're trying to get rich and God's trying to build a man. And if, you, if, if he'll, you'll let him build you, prosperity will come and increase will come and advancement, promotion will come. God's building a man. And there's no fast track to that. But the more we agree, and I say that, that's why I'm saying all this. When God deals with us about something, it's because he has our advancement in mind. And if we delay moving forward in his dealings, if we delay cooperating with him in the de dealings, we delay our advancement. So uh, God's taking us all into more places. Let's value his dealings with us and go there. Amen. Father, we thank you for this, this week. We honor all that we have gotten to be a part of this week. We thank you for these days, for these services, these things said, these movements, these flows. We're so, so grateful. We're so, so grateful. We're so, so grateful. Can somebody hand me a microphone? Okay, Pastor Noel, come up here and just obey God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Aha, yeah. The as the enemy, as the enemy comes like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will put a standard against him. And that standard is the utterance will be given to each and every one of us as we hakite, as we exercise our dominion, the dominion of God, the standard of God. How mosike yaka hakoshe adasokosha. In this time, in this very hour, at this moment of time, there will be an outpouring of the utterances, the standard of God, the light of God. We arise and shine with that standard, with that word, with that utterance. And the utterance shall flow in a greater way, in a greater measure, not only in the preaching of the word, but in your quiet time with the Lord, in your fellowship with the Lord. As you spend time in the word and in the spirit of the living God, aha, uh -huh, you will see in the the word you will see the standard of his word given to you stand up and speak and speak and speak those utterances by the spirit Akito shika and the anointing of God and the anointing of God and the glory of God will rise up and flow with that word Akosha whatever whatever you speak Whatever you speak, as the Lord has done to the fig tree, He left His word on that fig tree. He will give you the word to speak in every situation, in every circumstances ahead, in your life. It's now the time, the church, the church. This is the time for the church to rise up. Rise up, rise up in the standard that the Holy Ghost will be given to you. The utterance will flood in our heart. The wisdom of God will flood in the, in the demonstration and the spirit. 
Spirit does the power as we speak those standards of the word of God given to us by the Holy Ghost. Oh, wow. oh, oh. So rejoice, rejoice, be joyful, be joyful, be joyful. Ha, 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 be joyful. As you joy, as you joy, He will give you the utterance of the word. Speak those words. Because it will surely come to pass. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands. Father, this precious congregation, all those gathered from whatever location, they have been so honorable and gracious to us in helping that your plan comes to pass. So I speak for them to be blessed in Jesus' name. The blessing of God to abound. And Father, multiply their time. Multiply their resources. Multiply their strength in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father, that this week, as they leave this week, they will say something came into me that marked my life. And my life is not the same. And I thank you, Father, for that. And everybody said, Amen. say this, I receive it. I receive, I receive it. I receive In Jesus' name. Pastor, again, a million thanks. Pastor Nancy, thank you so much. Your congregation, thank you so much. We love you. We appreciate you. It's been our complete honor. Turn around to somebody before you're dismissed and say, I was made for dominion and I'm going to use it. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.